0: A hotbed of technology, Asia has massive influence on the cryptocurrency markets. From Chinese miners to regulation in South Korea, knowing the players and what they're up to can be helpful for both enthusiasts and investors. In this episode, we're going to survey the landscape in major Asian countries, check in with the latest crypto news, and toss in some shenanigans and falderall. This is your certificate of authenticity for the bona fide, one and only, not to be duplicated, because why would you want to, license to listen to episode number 88 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. You say these cats Joan Travis is some bad mother. Shut your mouth. But I'm talking about John Travis. Here we are, number 88 of the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto. Curious, serious, and so forth and so on, Googling stuff so you don't have to herd around the world in countries that don't even speak English, but they listen. In English, and we're glad that you're here. Welcome, come on in, have a sit down, set a spell with us there, son. Kick back and listen to bad crypto. Oh, yeah, you're listening to the smooth sounds of bad crypto radio. I'm Joel Comb, taking you into the evening with a Shiba Inu by my side. And Mr. Travis Wright, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Oh, well,
0: welcome, folks, and also shout-outs to the show sponsors for this show, the Zilla app, the ICO Marketplace app. Abbasa Phillips has some tricks up his sleeve, perhaps to get around, get by, or do without Apple. I don't know what the deal is, but you can check out the information about the app at zla.io forward slash bad. And, Mr. Travis Ray, we have a new sponsor.
1: We do. Now, you guys know, you know. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but if you've been on exchanges or if you've dealt with any of these crypto companies and you've tried to contact somebody because you've had a customer service issue, you ever experienced that? There's
0: no one there. Nobody home. No reply at all yeah. in the words of. Bill Collins and so Genesis.
1: Yeah, so the whole entire crypto space is full of these tons of expanding, ever-growing companies, but they're all drowning in user requests and support tickets, right? So this Is anybody po- listening? Is anybody out there? <laughs> here, 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 here. <laughs> so this is my sponsor. Are... No, oh. They're not listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Staff Virtual, they are a company that knows that, you know, how hard it is. To, uh, for companies to keep up with that growing demand for customer support. So if you are a company in the crypto space, the solution is outsourcing. And, uh, it's really the only way to scale as quickly as you need to. I mean, a lot of times these companies are getting 20, 30 million, 50, 100 million dollars doing the ICO and they got to ramp up and scale up. And you need to scale up quickly. Uh, you need to make sure you get some customer support in there. So Staff Virtual has applied its years of expertise and customer support and has applied it into the cryptocurrency space, Mr. Joel Kahn. So uh, Staff Virtual, they've been instrumental in crypto coin pre-sales, brand awareness, customer support. So if you are doing an ICO, if you have done an ICO, if you know of anybody who is working on or has worked on an ICO, make the most of it by, you know, thinking about your launch and your long-term customer support needs. And you can uh, check that out at StaffVirtual.com. Mr. Joel
0: Kahn. voicemail, you have one new message. Hey,
1: Travis and Joel. This is Kyle from Florida. First time calling in. I've been catching up for a few months, and I got to someone's question about making it rain crypto. Uh, I had an idea as soon as I heard it to put bits of crypto on the gift cards where you can scratch away to see the private key. Uh, So you still have something physical to make it rain. It might be a stretch when you're
0: making it rain, but when you're, you know, in the places where you make it rain, that's not the first thing to stretch. Stay bad. Thanks for listening and for calling in, Kyle. Good to hear from you. We were wondering when you were going to call. I mean, Travis was just sitting there saying, you know, is Kyle ever going to call from Florida? Kyle
1: doesn't write. He doesn't call. He doesn't text. He's not on the Telegram. I haven't seen him on the Bad Crypto Mastermind. I was I was quite frankly worried sick. Well,
0: you don't have to worry anymore. Kyle has come home to the Republic (sighs) of Bad Cryptopia. With a good question, I I love the idea of crypto gift cards, and we've talked previously about one company that has something kind of like that, Ether Cards, Ether.Cards. It is a uh like a credit card size card that has a Ethereum um logo on the front and a scratch off on the back that has the uh, the private key. So you can load it up with the public key and say, "Here's some Ethereum." And I'm I'm assuming you could put any ERC20 compatible token on it, right?
1: I I'm not sure about that, but I have purchased a couple of these and I actually gave out some Ether as a wedding gift back when, back when it was worth about, I think 150 bucks, 200 bucks or something like that. And I told them to hodl, right? Cause that's what you want to do. And they were like, well, okay. Cause I don't even understand what this is or what it does. And, uh, they were pretty excited when it got up to 1500 bucks nearly there. And now it's down, now it's at 900 bucks or whatever. So not bad from, uh, given the, given the gift of ether. So you basically, you just, uh, take that address or you just, as a QR code, you just boop, you scan it, and then I sent it some crypto, and then they had that card, and they were able to use that and then transfer that over to their own, uh, my Ether wallet or whatever. So that's a pretty fancy way to uh, give the gift of crypto.
0: Give the gift of crypto, the gift that should increase in value over time if we're on the right track with this thing. But but it may not. and We're not financial advisors, so we don't know. We're not even gift card advisors. I'm definitely not one of those. Unless that advice is that you buy gifts for us and put them on cards. I'm good with that. (laughs) Uh, Craig Robertson wrote us via the contact form. I don't think it's the same Craig Robertson that was the actor in um, the office.
1: The hot tub time machine guy? I don't think it's him. I Uh, think it is him. Oh, maybe it is. It's so awesome that Craig Robertson, the hot tub time machine guy, (laughs) will message us.
0: Thanks, Craig. He's got uh, two questions, actually, two for the price of one. Question one, is it possible for our government or any government to shut down crypto trading not blockchain technology it seems like it would be easy for them to do through internet providers i I guess they could tell the exchanges that it's illegal in any u.s based ones would have to go offline or go offshore and then they could be like china and block certain sites Uh, but you know we haven't done that here in the u.s we don't we don't block any sites from our citizens here most free countries around the world don't block sites
1: mm-hmm. and i'm not sure what his government is he didn't actually say where craig robinson was from we, we assume hollywood yeah. so the thing is is i don't know if you had a chance to watch that sec conversation about crypto the other day and they're not looking to ban or shut down crypto they're looking to kind of get their minds around it and they want crypto to kind of self-regulate itself if possible and they might do some regulations down the road but you know it, one thing that I know is that if they tried to shut things down, then I would just use a VPN. Because... Correct.
0: Uh, the second part of his question is saying if, if the Internet is inaccessible for some reason, would that make it impossible to buy and sell goods and services or payments that rely on you know crypto and, and all that? And I guess, yeah, if you, if you don't have access to bandwidth, then you can't really do anything other than HODL, which is kind of what I'm doing anyway.
1: You know, that's one thing that, that, that some people have talked to us uh, in the past about, like, what happens if, like, a, an EMP, you know, gets launched on uh, those electronic uh, magnetic pulse bombs or whatever gets launched over the United States and all of our electricity and all of our electronics go down? Yeah, we would all pretty much be hosed. Uh, if that happens, I have, you know, I, through the years I've collected silver and gold. I think that it's probably a good idea anytime that you're investing stuff to not just hold one asset class. Uh, I would also say that I'm not a financial advisor, but if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, probably not a good idea. So maybe you might want to diversify a little bit and diversify is a real world. It's not one of those words like Joel will just add a phi to something. So diversify is a real word,
0: silver and gold, silver and gold. Thanks for a lot wishes for silver and gold. You know what that was from? I don't know. Burl Ives sung it, though. I know that. Yeah, Burl Ives sang it. Wasn't it Yukon Jay Cornelius in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Rankin Bass um, Christmas
1: classic? Wow. You have way too much knowledge about that. You are busting out all kinds of levels of information on that.
0: Boom. Speaking of information, we got some in this week's news. Some people come down hard on Charlie Lee because he sold his Litecoin somewhere in the 300s, and also because he doesn't like actively market Litecoin to the degree that some people would prefer he does. And and frankly, I have no problem with either of those things. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, he looked at it from a different lens. He thought that every time he said something or every time he went on a news site or any time he did any of that stuff, then Litecoin would do a little something-something, and he did not like to be – the face of the company that he built, which is kind of weird, but he did get out at the all-time high, so he is not hurting. So he got out of like three, what three seventy yeah, or something? Or was that was that the all-time yeah, high? Did. I don't really feel sorry for him because then it went down to like one something, and so he probably bought a bunch back. Yeah, but it's
0: over two hundred uh, again, isn't it? And I'm and I'm hodling, I'm hodling. And uh, Satoshi Light is Charlie on Twitter, and he tweeted uh, just this week: one down, three to go. Uh, and so the four checkboxes on here are merchant processor popular online wallet goods trading platform and one huge unexpected surprise so apparently the uh merchant processor deal has been done uh with commerce cb and that's the the one down
1: that is coinbase commerce mr jokom you can actually go to that at commerce coinbase.com so this basically is an easy way for your business to start accepting cryptocurrency payments so it is commerce.coinbase.com pretty handy and that's not the only
0: coinbase story we have apparently from investopedia uh, nathan rife writes on february 8th that coinbase is going to integrate segwit which should uh, in theory mean faster transactions and lower fees because what do people complain about when it comes to Bitcoin?
1: Well, what does Roger Ver complain about? He, he complains about high transaction fees, slow transactions, et cetera, et cetera. And so, in theory, Segwit sort of clears up that a little bit, right? So, it allows for faster transactions, lower fees, and maybe even more transactions per day. Perhaps so.
0: So, uh, we'll you know we'll see what really happens. But uh, you know, I would imagine that um implementing this is it's got to be a good thing i mean because none of this stuff is taken lightly right the changes to technology aren't like well let's try and see what happens they're kind of in a test environment where they feel like you know we think we know how this is going to impact you know the crypto space and and hopefully these decisions are wise
1: yeah and actually speaking of coinbase if you have not made your dipped your toe into the crypto space yet we have a, an affiliate code. You can actually go to badco.in forward slash Coinbase. And when you uh, purchase your first $100 of crypto, you get an extra $10. And uh, Bad Crypto gets $10 as well. So if you have not uh, dumped, jumped in onto the crypto space and you're just listening – one of these days, you may want to do that, and uh, that's a good link for you.
0: Here's some cool news that just came in. I did not know this about the state of Wyoming here in th- these United States of America, um, but the Wyoming House of Representatives just passed two blockchain bills that are extremely blockchain friendly in fact got a press release that we'll link to in the show notes that said that this would make wyoming the u.s hub for blockchain innovation and the leading state for the cryptographic technology boom now i'm in colorado and wyoming is my neighbor to the north and um you're my neighbor to the east mr travis right
1: well technically not because i'm in missouri so kansas is a state between us we're, we're all neighbors, Wyoming. so we're all we're well, all neighbors neighbor, sure I I will yeah so there's this Wyoming blockchain coalition this passed the Wyoming House of Representatives unanimously 60 to 0 and they have five different proposed blockchain bills that have been supported nearly unanimously in the state and governor Matt Mead uh, he also said that there's a lot of support for additional uh, blockchain efforts when he had his uh, state of the state of the state speech the other day. The state of the state. So there's five bills. One is the Bitcoin bill. Uh, That's going to move on to the Senate. So it passed the House. It's moving on to the Senate. There's a utility token bill, a blockchain filings bill, a series LLC bill and a crypto property tax exemption bill. So it looks like Wyoming might become one of the more friendly states in the union uh, when it comes to crypto. And most likely more companies, if these bills pass, more companies may go to Wyoming to start their business
0: i'm just a bill yes i'm only a bill going to wyoming capitol hill and I'm buy me some bitcoin
1: so check this out though wyoming they have some pretty awesome attributes man they have zero income taxes low cost of living they have great fiber optic bandwidth cheap power and strict privacy laws for the wyoming uh, domiciled llc so that is is pretty pretty fascinating. The, They just said a lot of my magic favorite words.
0: Have you ever driven through Wyoming?
1: Wyoming's pretty beautiful, but they get some massive amounts of snow.
0: And wind, the wind that blows through Wyoming. I mean, Oklahoma's got the song, you know, about the winds whipping across the plains. Wyoming's wind makes Oklahoma wind look like.
1: Oh, my gosh. It sounds to me like opportunity. We should we should have Wyoming wind Bitcoin mines. You know what? I'm digging it. So worth
0: checking out. And now from Wyoming to the other side of the world for our feature segment, let's go to Asia. And we're around the world in just a matter of seconds. Really, it just took one little musical interlude for us to go from Wyoming to Asia. And here we are in South Korea. And I've never been. And it looks pretty awesome, Mr. Travis Right?
1: South Korea. Is, I've never been to South Korea yet either. Um, I've never been to North Korea either, Mr. Joel Kahn. So
0: you haven't I've, been invited to uh, cross the DMZ and, and check out the... You know what? Uh, I was almost Google.
1: invited to go to South Korea for the Olympics with Huawei, but uh, was not.
0: Somebody cooler was invited. I'm sure that blockchain will be bringing us to uh, many of these Asian countries, maybe even this year. But we've got a a number of stories. We're actually, we're going to visit South Korea, China, uh, Japan, and the Philippines. And it's not going to be exhaustive in that there's more links in the show notes, but we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the more interesting things, interesting for us, that we see going on in these countries. So, um, you know, those of us that are in this hemisphere have a good idea what's going on on the other side of the world. Uh, The first story is from CNBC that South Korea is saying they're going to crack down on what they call illegal and unfair cryptocurrency trading.
1: Unfair. Mm, Yeah. They actually had a petition of over 280,000 signatures that was sent to the presidential Blue House. Now, if you recall, um, earlier in the year, they. they About a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, they were talking about you know shutting down some crypto stuff. But right before that happened, some of the government officials actually sold all of their stuff beforehand. And South Korea, they don't play. You know, if something goes down, they don't like they they will write signatures, and uh, they, they will. will write their signatures on paper, and they will that you know. And actually, if they and if they have a certain amount of them, then the government has to talk about it or something. So they are looking for ways to uh, to not ban. Uh, cryptocurrency trading, and uh, they're looking for a way to uh, to make sure that uh, they find ways to tax it and, and whatnot. So I think it's still one of those things where they're trying to go through and figure out uh, regulation on this. A lot of countries are trying to figure this stuff out.
0: Well, you know, what they did do is they banned anonymous bank accounts in January, but they don't intend to shut down domestic exchanges. And, you know, I have no problem with um, them banning the anonymous bank accounts because it just it, it further squashes this idea that it's you know drug money right and illegal and illicit goods that are being purchased with cryptocurrency because we know now that that is just such a small piece of the equation and they're also looking for ways to tax cryptocurrencies of course they are because that's what governments do how do we get more of your money
1: mm-hmm now Here's a Forbes article, and um, this is another thing that South Korea did, is they are banning all foreigners from trading cryptocurrencies. Now, that's always been one thing that's been interesting about crypto in South Korea, is that there's always these arbitrage opportunities, because it seems to me that, you know, in some cases, Bitcoin is always maybe $1,000 or even more, in some cases, more expensive in South Korea. And so... I, I would I, it looks to me like they're trying to potentially find ways to avoid any potential foreigner arbitrage. Is that what you got from this?
0: I did. And in in particular, China. So there's a blockchain OS startup that is backed by Chinese investors and and they have flooded the cryptocurrency market um, ever since China banned crypto. And Mm. so coins from China are entering the Korean exchanges, and then they uh, are changed back into foreign currencies, back to China illegally. And it makes it really hard for them to identify what's going on and where it's going to China or whatever other foreign currency they're using to hide, you know, what this is. And so with the system they have now, foreigners and miners, you know, those that aren't of age, can't make investments unless there's a real name on the bank account. And mm-hmm. so uh, I guess, you know, that could be a step in the right direction.
1: Yep. And this case came out 10 hours ago on Cointelegraph. South Korea's cryptocurrency exchanges made $648 million of taxable revenue in 2017. That's not a small sum at all, Mr. Jolcom. That's
0: nothing to sneeze at at all. That's a significant Amount of money, so hopefully South Korea, you know, is progressive as they are technologically. Um, hopefully, their government will remain progressive where crypto is concerned, because uh, there are friends over there, and you know, we like when they like what we like.
1: <laughs> Oppa,
0: oh, up <God>, style. <laughs> yeah, we we took that export, right?
1: All right. So, speaking about China, we were chatting about that a little bit when we were talking about South Korea. So China has just had their Happy New Year, right? So it is now the Chinese New Year. It is now, what is it, the year of the dog? You're the doge? You're the the doge. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last year was the year of the rooster, but that is irrelevant. (laughs) But but what's interesting, if you've seen these last five years in the Crypto. crypto space, crypto seems to take a dip in in late january early february it's always seemed to have this dip and and so some people say that it's it's kind of um in china it is what uh, superstitious they so they don't like to spend a lot of money or do a lot of stuff around money in that first part of the year so maybe that's why crypto has taken a dip in those different times so it's kind of interesting to see if that's something that generally plays in on the crypto market or not and um but it, it happened again this year right around the same time that it's happened over the last 5 years
0: it does seem to be a pattern and if you look at the crypto charts right now as of this recording we're sitting around a, a you know 500 billion market cap bitcoin is at 11,500 i mean what did it get down to like 6,000 or so during that yeah. last sell off and dip and uh, you know for those of us who have hodled um, it's it's on its way back and uh, maybe the Chinese will be, you know, uh, over their superstition and, and buying, or past the superstition, and and buying back in again. Uh, we shall see if it is indeed going to be a happy Chinese New Year, because there are some things going on in China that aren't favorable towards Bitcoin, especially um, in Bitcoin mining. They are shutting down Bitcoin miners. They're cracking down on on this and. You know, it's hard to tell when you read these stories on Forbes, which is, of course, is a Western publication, if it's all completely accurate. But it does seem to be based around the fact that it uh, uses a lot of electricity to mine Bitcoin and that uh, there's this control issue uh, coming from China's
1: central bank. Yeah. So they're going to limit the amount of electricity that some of the Bitcoin miners can use and because they've said that there has been quite a bit of electricity, so Bitcoin mining estimated to use about four gigawatts of electricity, uh, which is equivalent to three nuclear reactors' production levels. <laughs> so <they> say nuclear, <laughs> That's a lot. nuclear, nuclear. What I say? Nuclear, nuclear, no, <laughs> nuclear, I mean, nuclear. Remember,
0: remember when George W. Bush would be talking? <laughs> talk oh, God get that there nu- nuclear. It's not nuclear. It's nuclear. Why is nuclear. that word so hard for people? Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. I just put I <laughs> nuclear on you.
1: You just put nuclear on me. Don't be going nuclear. <laughs> so uh, China's, China's central bank, you know, they have met uh, on the, the Bitcoin mining issue. It's one of those things. Is it an energy issue? Is it a control issue? Uh, Is it about criminal
0: activity, you know, because the Chinese state mm -hmm. doesn't want, you know, criminal activity going on. So um, regulation, I I just don't know how regulation stops criminal activity. I just that's never made sense to me. Something's illegal. And now criminals are not going to do it. Criminals live off
1: of what's illegal. Right. Now, if you look historically, what happened when you made alcohol illegal? Well, you created a black market for it, and there was the prohibition, and they were that, that's where the mob basically came in, right? You make marijuana illegal, what happens? Well, now you have this huge, you know, war on drugs. Well, guess what? All these big criminal drug cartels got really rich and powerful. What happened whenever they made abortion illegal? Well, they were doing it in back alleys, right? What happens? You make guns illegal. Well, there's going to be a black market, and it's going to be worse, right? And so, I mean, when you create a war on something, uh, it creates it, it creates more of what you're trying to eliminate. So focus on what you want, right? It's, it's like you want healthy, you want wellness, right? You don't want, like, with, with that war on drugs, you want people to be healthy and happy. You don't want them to be on drugs. So uh, they just kind of name them wrong and they go about it in the wrong way and it creates this black market most of the time, which is, which is no good. Do you think, you really think that cryptocurrencies are going to get squashed in China because – the, the cat's been out of the bag. they are going to find a way to make it happen because a lot of them have, have you know, uh family in different countries or different places, and they're going to work through them and connect. And ha- I'll send this to you. You send this to me. There's always a way to work around. And especially when you have Tor and you have the, the you know, you have the dark web and you have all these other, you have private cryptocurrencies like Monero and Verge and PIVX and Zcash, right? So if there's a will, there is a way, Mr. Joel Com.
0: It's not the year of the cat, though, for it to get out of the bag. It's the year of the dog, mm-hmm. you know? and and trivia points. Uh, who did the song "Year of the Cat"? No idea. Oh, Mr. Travis, right? That would have been Al Stewart. Okay, yeah. Year of the Cat.
1: Uh, so, okay, who did who did Cat Scratch Fever? I know that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Nuge. The
0: Nuge. Yeah. So let's jump from uh, China now over to the Philippines. I know it's Philippines. And uh, this story came out actually late last year on Bitcoin.com, and that is that the Philippines are going to legalize Bitcoin as a security. Uh, Boy, that guy over there, El El Presidente of uh, the Philippines, he's, he's quite a character,
1: isn't he? You know, I've been to the Philippines a couple of times, and I really enjoy the country. Some of those islands are just unbelievably beautiful. the 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 citizens there are so friendly. Like, it's amazing how nice and friendly the folks are there. So, you know, I'm glad to see that they're they're looking at crypto in a positive light. They are looking to well, they want to figure out how to regulate it. Uh, they wanted to have legalization around it, and uh, they were doing some consulting around the legal bank. But uh, you know, they've they've been thinking about uh, crypto for a long time, and they're actually their their most popular. Uh, wallet and crypto site. Their Coinbase over there is coins.ph, and so that's one of their that's one of their top uh, platforms over there. So there are a few companies out there that have been registered and and, and endorsed by the Banco Central in Filipinos, which is the BSP over there, and uh, so they're working on keeping an open minded approach to this uh, financial technology and uh, keeping the innovations going. So they're not squashing technology there in the Philippines. One thing I like about the Philippines, Mr. Joel Kamm, one U.S. dollar is currently worth 52 of theirs. Wow. So you can go there and live like a king, and that is not even a joke.
0: dot is the website. And they're also, not only are they Bitcoin friendly over there in the Philippines, but they are developing regulation around trading and around ICOs. So, of course, the goal stated by the Philippines SEC is protect investors and reduce the risk of fraud, Uh, things that I believe any common sense thinking person would be for, right? We want to protect investors Mm -hmm. and we want there to be less fraud so that we can have forms of currency that can be traded and, and used on the open and free market for the benefit of all. And, you know, the Philippines, there's a lot of poor people there and, you know, crypto for... For the poor, for those that are unbanked, um, those that don't deal with the system that we use with these ridiculous rates and no interest and, you know, they
1: need this. That's not even a joke, man, because the average person in the Philippines makes on average about two to five U.S. dollars a day. That ain't a lot of uh, of coinage there, Mr. Travis. Right? That is not. And you know what? They are really enjoying the cryptocurrency space. It's it's interesting. I mean, in fact, we have a ton of fans over in the Philippines because there's a lot. Most of the Philippines speak English very very well, and in fact, that's why you see and that's why staff virtual our sponsor is actually in the Philippines is because uh, the folks in the Philippines speak in some cases better English. than some people down south in the u.s
0: (laughs) that's that's not untrue that is true Uh, last little jaunt on our tour of asia is japan and finishing with them because they are so pro crypto over there and i know travis you and i spoke when we last saw each other that uh tokyo is on both of our bucket lists to go to the capital of Japan and see that city, and uh, maybe some event in crypto will take us over there in 2018. But uh, they uh, they are very Bitcoin happy over there.
1: That is that is true. They, you know, a lot of uh, Bitcoin goes through their exchanges. They they love crypto. In fact, you know, uh, one of the top ten cryptos in the space is Cardano, and Cardano actually is a a Japanese. Created company right, and so Japan effectively first and only country that has a proper legal system regulating cryptocurrency trading. Mm. Right now, cryptocurrency trading is just the wild, wild west all over. But uh, Japan, they are figuring it out. They have wrapped their minds around it. They are working on making that uh, you know a more legitimate industry. And you know what? That's great. I mean, the Japanese are one of the largest foreign exchange investors, and they they like. These speculative investments, they, they love the cryptos over there. They in do.
0: You know, it used to be that the Chinese yuan accounted for the largest number of Bitcoin out there. But after they imposed these restrictions, that dropped. And now, as of January 15th, the yen accounts for 56% of Bitcoin, and it's followed by U.S. dollars, which accounts for over 28% of the Bitcoin that's out there. So, uh, that's why I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so.
1: Oh man. You know what? I'm huge in Japan. Well, it's because I'm a large fellow. <laughs> you are huge in Japan.
0: There was actually here the, the, um, the exchange over there, Coincheck had a, um, a hack that took place where 425 million US dollars, which accounts to 46 billion yen um it was the biggest ever theft of digital money on this exchange and according to reuters they are repaying owners that were hacked that 425 million dollars
1: i watched part of the press conference with them and you could tell that they were they were so humbled and they looked as if they were, had dishonored their families in ways right and they were so just like wow they were uh those two uh founders of that particular exchange coincheck they They were really, really down. I mean, that's a lot of money. And where are they coming up with that money to pay it back? If it's been stolen, uh, that's 46 billion yen, $425 million. That is a lot. So I'm not sure how they're going to be able to come up with that and and be able to pay it back. But that was a pretty, pretty solid gesture of them. So that just goes to show if it's regulated or not regulated or if you're getting hacked, then you know what? Over there in Japan, they want to make sure that they um, keep their customers happy and they're going to make make it right.
0: They are setting up a self-regulatory body for the cryptocurrency um, industry, according to this story on Nikkei.com. Um, cryptocurrency industry groups in Japan have agreed to merge in an effort to accelerate the establishment of voluntary regulations and regain public trust in the aftermath of a massive virtual currency Heist. So it's going to uh, link the Japan Blockchain Association with the Japan Cryptocurrency Business Association. And, uh, you know, we'll see what impact this has. All I know is that they're incredibly crypto friendly. um, They're extremely capitalist and they understand that a rising tide lifts all boats. And crypto, it wants to be free, yo.
1: It does. And you know what? I, how fun would it be to go to Tokyo, Mr. Joel Com? And uh, and if and if we do go, we have to go to Kyoto. Did you see the episode? Speaking of uh, a better late than never, did you see that when they went to Japan yeah. and then they took the the bull- Oh my god, that was the, that was one of the funniest episodes, man. I tell you what, Terry Bradshaw, that dude is a clown. In in
0: Shatner, you know, he's in his eighties, and they're always joking about you know he can kick off <laughs> at any moment. Uh, but it's it's so fun. Uh, we are not financial advisors, but we are TV show advisors.
1: Yeah, right, right. We are that. One one final piece of news out of Japan. Uh Japan's finance watchdog they're going to inspect 15 unlicensed crypto exchanges. So as a result of the Coincheck exchange losing all those NEM tokens, you know, now they're going in and they are going to inspect all of those different crypto exchanges. And there are so many crypto exchanges all over the world, Mr. Jolcom. Um you know what? I think that Japan will become a maybe a beacon of truth to kind of maybe uh, create the um, the playbook for other countries on how they might want to start, uh, you know, managing and regulating some of the stuff going on in the space. Because it is for sure the wild, wild west out here. Domo arigato,
0: Mr. Travbot 3000. Appreciate that. And uh, all Thank of you. these stories are linked in the show notes at badcryptopodcast.com. Of course, you could always find a show easily by going to badco.in forward slash and the episode number. In this case, it would be 088. See how easy that is? Anybody can do that.
1: We make it so easy, Mr. Joel Cobb. We
0: do because we love our, uh, our listeners and our fans. And thanks to all of you for joining us for this riveting episode and this tour de force of uh, of asia we're now going to get back on our virtual plane and head back to these united states of america and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next round be sure to please subscribe and review Uh, in fact it's so important especially on itunes if you're on ios those reviews are so important in order to have the show exposed to others so if you haven't done it please take a moment to go there and uh, it's a way of saying thanks to travis and myself for the content that we put out if you'll just go and rate and review the show and whatever platform you listen to um somewhere a kitten will smile
1: and it helps ensure that we all stay bad
0: i want to stay bad